One organization is using theater to fight oppression. How? Let's learn together. Welcome. I'm Samantha Diliberti, founder of the social impact hub Orange You Going, and this is Progress Through Purpose. Progress Through Purpose helps you discover issues you're passionate about, like the environment, social equality, affordable housing, and more, and makes it easy for you to affect change while connecting with like-minded New Yorkers in person. Learn from experts working on the vital issues impacting the largest city in the U.S. and hear the solutions they propose. Then meet us in person. Join the Og Squad, a community of changemakers who meet to affect change together. Build new friendships, expand your network, and advance your career through civic engagement, all while uplifting our city. Learn more about the movement at orangeyougoing.com. Hey, Og Squad. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, we're speaking with Theater of the Oppressed. It's a nonprofit that seeks to confront oppressive challenges like economic inequality and racism through interactive theater. With us today is the executive director, Sulu Leo Nim. Sulu has been a Brooklyn-based artist and physical theater performer since 2003 and has worked with Theater of the Oppressed since 2011. Sulu, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Excited to speak with you today. I was also very excited to have Theater of the Oppressed speak with the Og Squad because your work is really unique and the way you're approaching your work is really unique. But let's start at the beginning. Yes. Oppression is a really big word. So (laughs) can you tell us a little bit more about the issues that Theater of the Oppressed is seeking to address? Yeah, yeah. And I will just add in here, our organization's full name is Theater of the Oppressed NYC. And that's an opportunity for me to highlight that what we practice is called theater of the oppressed. It is a tool that is seeking to address oppression, which, as you say, is really big. And us as an organization, we are taking that practice into communities uh, in New York City specifically. And yeah, I would say that, you know, what are we trying to address We know that the theater of the oppressed exercises are a tool to make collective space, to build consciousness and practice the change that will have us get what we need. So that's kind of the the very zoomed out model. It's like if there's a problem, we won't be able to address it together unless we're really aware of what's going on. And sometimes the impacts of oppression are that it, it can be hard for us to be clear on what's going on? And then how do we work together to get what we need? And that might be, you know, in the scope of the forms of oppression our groups are addressing an immediate need, like immediate community support. And then we're also keeping in mind structural needs, big structural legislative changes. And so as we practice part of Theater of the Oppressed called Forum Theater here in New York City, We have a number of what we call troops, uh, forum theater troops that have been in partnership with different community or social service spaces in New York City and do have specific focuses in their work. Um, Some of those include housing insecurity, include discrimination based on sexual orientation and health status based on race. Our uh, groups in New York City are looking at experiences of housing instability, discrimination based on race, sexual identity, age, gender identity, and also immigration status or being undocumented. 
And so those are some of the issues that our groups are making plays about. So that's a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really interesting is you're doing this through theater work. So I yeah. have I had never heard of a forum theater. Um, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to attend one of the the performances. But before I get into my experience, I'd love to just kind of hear from you. What is forum theater? Why is that your approach? Yes. So forum theater is one of the parts of theater of the oppressed. And it's a format of interactive theater where a group of people make scenes based on their experiences of oppression, looking at very, very specific situations. I think that's what the the offering of theater is, is that we are able to talk about these issues that are impacting a lot of people in many ways, that the, the actors as artists get to frame a specific incident to provoke a conversation with their audience. And the intention there is that we get to, you know, what I said about building our consciousness, we get to look at the problem together when we have seen the scene play out. We have a role in Theater of the Oppressed called the Joker. It's a facilitation role. And that role interacts with the audience to work with everybody in a conversation to identify what the problems are, knowing that our audience may not be showing up with a collective understanding or even being in solidarity with the actors necessarily. But how can we identify the problem and the need? And then we use improv. We invite audience members up on the stage to step into the shoes of the people experiencing the problem. And if they have an idea or a strategy for how to change the situation, we ask them to play it out. And that is for us, that's like being in a laboratory, right? Being able to try an experiment. We actually are very cautious with the idea of the the idea of solving the problem because we have found that that framing puts a lot of pressure on people in the moment to try to fix it all. But we ask people for their tactics. And then after each improvisation, and we call those interventions, we also debrief those with the whole group, with the actors and with the audience to say, okay, what happened? What changed? Did we get closer to this person getting what they needed and how? And then thinking about like, how do we do that in the real world? Who is able to enact that change? And also, (laughs) does that actually support the person who has the need? And that is the scope of forum theater. And I kind of want to name that there there are some important steps in building forum theater. The actors come together and they practice some of the other activities in theater of the oppressed. We start with what we call demechanization games, which are often games that are very familiar feeling to people who do theater because they are improv or they are exploration. And we bring in the specific intention of how do we act in our lives and why? And when are we maybe acting in a way that isn't helping us? So building our own awareness of ourselves, using then our own theater exercises to start sharing stories. And that becomes the foundation of the group deciding which story do they want to frame in a forum play to present to communities in New York City. So there's a lot to unpack there, and yes. um, I want to dive into each of them. So one point you you brought up is this idea of consciousness, which I mm-hmm. think is something that is being talked about in you know society and the media more and more, just in terms of, you know, as we seek to create a more equal world, we first have to be conscious of what is happening. And 
honestly, that, you know, as a white woman, that is being directed, that messaging is being directed at me because I go through my day and I have, you know, all of these different privileges that I experience that I'm not even aware of. So first, this idea of consciousness, I think, is a big foundation that we're really encouraging people to to take a beat and really, mm-hmm. you know, realize where their their power lies. So, you know, that is really the foundation of your work. But um, for all of the non-theater folks who are listening, such as myself, you know, I think it's helpful. I was able to attend one of the performances, and I think it's helpful to kind of give a concrete example and that audience experience as a first-timer, one of your performances. So I attended a performance in Manhattan, and the theater troupe acted out an experience where somebody was, a staffer was working in a restaurant. And Mm -hmm. they were not being allowed to take a break to eat lunch because it was very busy. And the question that was posed to the audience was, you know, after they acted it out, what would you do in this scenario? I'll also mention that this performance was in Spanish. My Spanish is very limited. And so I think the fact that I was able to take so much from this performance, even though it was in a, you know, a second language, a foreign language for me, it says a lot about just the, the quality of the performance. But the question was posed to us, okay, well, what does this restaurant worker do when she is being denied what I know as, you know, working in government, I know is her right. What do you do in that moment? And I have to say, I was stumped. I mean, all of my responses were, okay, you know, call 311 to figure out which which department, you know, they can connect you to, to address this issue. But that doesn't help somebody who is working day in and day out, doesn't want to lose their job and needs to address this in the moment. And so there were several several participants from the audience that went up and kind of showed how they would do it. There was then feedback from the rest of the audience members who weren't participating to talk about. There was then several audience members who weren't participating who were able to come in and talk about, you know, what they thought worked and what didn't in that scenario. So I really walked away from that that performance with a lot of learning. And I learned in a way that I never really had before. It's very different to be in the moment, as you said, you know, doing a trial and error of what works and what doesn't versus just reading something on a page or no, even knowing the laws and having a better understanding of what people are experiencing day in and day out of their lives and working through with a group of people to kind of brainstorm, okay, what do I do here and doing it before it happens, hopefully, so that you're prepared when that, that example comes up, you know, in your day to day life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I think maybe you just nailed why I think forum theater is so powerful. Because I do think being able to have that conversation about what can we try in this situation, and then really expanding an audience's understanding, depending on their own experiences of what's possible and what isn't and why, is what's really exciting. I have been present in those type of forum situations where when there are people present who live themselves in the same situation as the person in in the scene you described, you know, like the person who's being denied rest and a break, And really, it's hard for her to fight with an employer because she's undocumented or she really needs the job, right? That's a hugely vulnerable position. I have been able to be in spaces where people who share that experience can get really into the, the just the tactics of how they can get some rest or get the employer to listen or something in a way that's very immediate 
isn't always maybe necessarily the most kind of, that's where we get into tactics where people are like, oh, is that okay to do? And people can debate like, well, like, look, if she just needs a break, like this is how you get breaks. But then for, you know, for audience members who have never been in that situation, it really, I've heard so many people talk about how impactful it is to see the gap between what people think is offering protection to people, such as laws or policies, and then the spaces where if there isn't effective enforcement of those policies, or if there isn't a distribution of power so that in this case, employees can really advocate for what they need, then those things, those needs are not getting addressed, even if there is a law and even if there is a policy. So that's that's why I think our forum performances have been really exciting in New York City. And I see it as a tool that can be applied in a wide variety of kinds of audiences. You know, we can apply the tool in a space that's predominantly an audience made up of folks who are experiencing the problem so that they gain their own better collective understanding of how they want to move forward and how they can support each other. And then as we expand into wider communities or even into something which is called legislative theater, which is using the forum to invite policymakers to write laws or change policies in response to the play, then you know we are, are making sure that we highlight from the perspective of the people experiencing the problem, how are they really getting what they need? This episode is brought to you by City and State Media, New York's premier outlet for New York politics and policy. Subscribe to the must-read daily newsletter, First Read, at cityandstateny.com. First Read is the quickest way to stay up to date on NY's biggest political and policy news. Always be in the know. Visit cityandstateny.com to learn more. Right. And how how can we fill that that gap that you yeah. mentioned between, you know, what people are experiencing and what the law is attempting to attempting to correct or in some cases prevent. So for this troupe, I was on uh, the Lower East Side. Can you talk a little bit more about how the the troops are structured can can anyone get involved do you have to have a professional acting background i'm sure we have some artists listening who ears are perked up so can you talk a little bit more about the troops and how those are put together yes the troops are put together predominantly in relationship um, with another organization or community space so typically becoming a part of that group means also being um, a community member in that space. You know, for example, we have had a long-term partnership with Housing Works, which is an organization in, in New York City who has for a long time supported folks whose lives are impacted by HIV AIDS, both via political advocacy and through support services. So when we are, you know, that that troop has existed for 10 years, the troop members change, but that space is open to folks who are members of that organization's community. And then we have a couple groups that are are made up more of folks who have been participating in some of our other spaces and have a lot of experience and their work is expanding a bit, like thinking about how we can expand the reach since they have so much experience with the format. Some of our community spaces are a little more open, but have some parameters around who is invited in. Uh, For example, we have a group that meets at the Red Hook Community Justice Center, and that's a youth space. 
And it is focused on young people who are living in the neighborhood, kind of in the range of like, you know, 16 to 21-ish. However, that space also provides a number of services to young people in other parts of the city. So it's not exclusive (laughs) to folks who live in the neighborhood. I would say our main way for people living in New York City to start acting with us is really to start showing up at the forums. (laughs) Then you will get to act and try. And something we are excited about is that we also have just released a book. It's called The Wild Card Workbook. And it's a practical guide to jokering forum theater. And that's an offering for people, if they are really excited by the forum, to learn more about it and how to facilitate it and maybe make it happen in their own spaces. And there are a number of other groups and theater organizations in the city who are exploring forum theater in their own spaces as well. Great. And one thing I wanted to kind of skip back to a little bit Mm. is this idea of legislative theater, because when we were talking just about you know, my experience um, and the gap between what's happening day to day and the laws, I thought we should invite elected officials <laughs> to come and see yeah. this firsthand. And you're already doing that, which is yes. great. So what's kind of a little different maybe about legislative theater and how does it impact both advocacy and lawmaking as well as voting and civic engagement? Yes. So Theater of the Oppressed is a set of exercises that, that comes via being created by a Brazilian theater director. His name was Augusto Boal. And legislative theater came about because he actually ran for city office in Rio and and won. And then used that position, they saying, okay, I have done this forum theater for people to design change. Now I am in a position to design change via law. And he would bring forum theater into the legislative chambers as a way to draft policy ideas. So our experiments with legislative theater have been, you know, how do we invite council members in to see a forum theater play? And then we have built structures to support how do we come out of a legislative theater event with some concrete policy ideas that could move forward. And some of our framework has been that we will do a forum theater as you experienced it, and as we've described, where the actors perform their play and the audience members are invited up to do interventions so that we have a rigorous discussion about what's going on and what can people do. Then we prompt the audience members to think about what could a law or policy change do? And that invitation is thinking about a new law or modifying an existing one or getting rid of one that really is causing a harmful impact to the situation. And then we have been over the years building our relationships with people who do ongoing advocacy around the issues. So we try to make sure we have some of those people in the room because they are the people, because they are collaborating and organizing on the daily, (laughs) they have some of the expertise. And, you know, if they're community organizers, they also have the accountability to community to think about what kind of policy change is really supportive So we ask them to take the audience ideas, sometimes we've called them policy rangers, and do the job of kind of sorting and categorizing and then talking to the audience about what seems strategic and why. And then we are trying to have people who are actually in a position to make the changes present to hear that out. And in some forms of legislative theater, we've asked them to come and commit to moving some of that change forward. But I'll say our experiments have 
also included, you know, how does this format support an organization building their policy agenda, or even an organization just changing their own internal rules. So sometimes it's a legislator who is in the position that we want to hold accountable, and sometimes it's just the head of an agency. And the change has nothing to do with laws, but it's, it's got to do with policies that are impacting people. But so our, our strategy there is, re- how do we always be aware that our theater work is not going to fix it? <laughs> We need a strategy to engage with the people who are also working on that form of change. And our, what we think is exciting about our offer is that it does bring in a different way for people to participate, where they can feel present, where they can feel connected, where they maybe don't feel like they have the pressure of, oh, I'm talking to a very important person, but inviting those people with power to be observant of all of that and accountable to what they hear in the community space. Right. And it's, it's that raising consciousness, right? That Mm -hmm. idea of making sure that everyone is aware in a workspace, for example, if you're talking to an agency head of what others are experiencing. I think that when working in government, it can be very easy to kind of look externally and say, okay, what can I fix externally? But there is this need to also reflect internally, you know, what is the organization that I'm overseeing experiencing? And what are what are my employees experiencing on the day to day? I think something else too, that you brought up, that's really interesting, is this idea of inviting legislators and, you know, people in in organizational power to watch this. I think as somebody in my, my, career has been built in and around government. So I've been in that position of advocating or lobbying to an elected official. And I'm just thinking, when I'm trying to tell a story, right, you're sitting in front of an elected who has meetings, stacked meetings throughout the day, is hearing story Mm -hmm. after story, how much more powerful it is not to just say, here's a story of somebody experiencing something negative on paper, but to actually see it in action and the emotion that gets tied to that experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I think that is the reality of the emotional involvement of these situations. That is where we see the theater tool really supporting the ability for us to see each other and work on change. It makes it personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So for our Og Squad listeners, what is your, your one call to action uh, that we can take away from today? <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking about this. And, you know, this is going to be a call to action that is actually maybe not directly related to our organization. But I think it is related to the work we're trying to see happen. And it is to look for who is building collective care and collective liberation. And then and learning from that work and trying to figure out how you can connect to it and how you can weave it also into your life and what you need. And I say that because I think that is really, you know, from, I've been part of Theater of the Oppressed NYC for 10 years. And the question of like how to sustain ourselves as we do this work, it can be very hard if you don't have community, if you don't notice and learn from the people who have been doing this work for a long time, if you don't feel like the work is related to yourself. And the way to sustain that, like believing that change is possible, I, for me, is connected to like seeing how people have 
taken care of community and are continued to be committed to community. Yes, it takes a lot of optimism to keep that that fire alive, to keep, Yes. yes, working toward positive change. So there's a lot of ways to get involved with your organization. You mentioned um, Mm -hmm. the workbook, there's different theater troops. So can you maybe just remind us of the name of the workbook and how to find it? Yes. The workbook is called the Wild Card Workbook, a practical guide for facilitating forum theater. It is on our website and our website is www.tonyc.nyc. And we also have a social media handle, which is T-O-N-Y-C underscore action, um, which has been promoting the workbook. Can I name some other ways folks can get involved? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the primary one is to come experience forum theater, and we will have public performances this fall. And so come and be part of the discussion. We aim at our shows to have ways for people to link into the advocacy efforts related to the issues in the play. We have volunteer teams who support the performances. And if you volunteer, that's a way that you also get to meet some of our team and some of our actors. So we have performances coming up in the fall. We are also going to have our annual crowdfunding campaign this fall. It's called Represent. And that's where members of our, our community are supporting the work by making financial asks to other members of their community. And whenever we have new energy coming into that, It extends the reach of the crowdfunding. And we are also going to have a 10th anniversary party in September, where we will be celebrating our past 10 years. We will be there with members of our acting troops, and it will have some of our theater games and be highlighting the work we've done over the years. Sounds like a party. Uh, And you can also find a lot of these as they're being published on orangeyougoing.com, the different forum, forum troop theater events, and then also the gala information. So I encourage everyone to visit orangeyougoing.com to find change-making events like these and more across New York City. Sulu, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It was a really exciting conversation. Thank you. It's always so great to talk about our work. Get the most of Orange You Going, New York's social impact hub. When you join the Og Squad for free, you receive event notifications curated to your interests. Never miss a change-making event. Aren't you going to be there? Are you hosting a social impact event? Post it for free on orangeyougoing.com to reach the most engaged New Yorkers. When you post with us, we promote it to our email list of nearly 10,000 subscribers across social media and on orangeyougoing.com. Let's engage New Yorkers together.